Chimera by Phil Gong. Read by Dan Snellgrove. Chapter 19 Thingopolis under attack. Get out of here! demanded Circinus. You cannot be found! Sir Regulus shook his head. I'm not leaving you! You must! Well, it's a must know you survived! It changes everything! Which is why you have to go now! Before you're discovered! <gasps> He's coming back! said Jamie, looking into the warehouse at the approaching figure of the armchair ape. Go! said Circinus. With slow, faltering steps, Sir Regulus turned from her. At first, he moved reluctantly towards the trolley train, before breaking into a run, Kip and the others doing likewise. Scooping Bertram from the floor, Sir Regulus deposited him into the first of the trolleys and covered him with sacking. Jamie climbed inside the second trolley and pulled a sack over his head. Sir Regulus looked back at the scrap pile. <laughs> Oi! bellowed the armchair ape, seeing them now. We have to go, said Kip. Sir Regulus clambered into the trolley behind Jamie and wrapped himself in sacking. Kip jumped into the next, leaning out to pull the lever to start the train. The trolley train shot forward and clattered its way out of the warehouse. Strings of bare bulbs zipped past in bright white lines, the trolleys taking sick-making corners at high speed, their wheels igniting sparks. The train sped onwards until, after many more breakneck bends and stomach-churning drops, it began to slow as the track levelled out. This is it! shouted Sir Regulus. Make a run for it as soon as the train stops! Ready yourselves! Kip waited, the blackness beneath the sacking giving way to muddy light as the train clattered through another pair of double doors and stopped. Now! cried Sir Regulus, at which point they all sprang from their trolleys. Bertram and Jamie were already running full pelt across the factory floor when Sir Regulus called them back. Something's not right, he said looking around at the deserted factory. All around them, machines had been left running, jars, containers and baskets half-filled. Where is everyone? asked Kip, unnerved by the abandoned crates and empty conveyor belts. Mm, I don't know, said Sir Regulus. He glanced about unhappily. Follow me and stay close. They walked from empty chamber to empty chamber, through silent sorting rooms and vacant loading bays. Kip expected to be seized upon at any moment by angry mobs of metamorphs alerted to their escape from odds and bods. As more time passed without incident, Kip's feeling of dread became almost unbearable. Listen to me, Sir Regulus told everyone as they neared the auxiliary's imposing-looking doors. We're fugitives, he looked at Bertram. Avoid doing anything hmm, that might draw attention to yourselves. The factory door opened to reveal a chaotic scene. 
the city streets crammed with panicking creatures and ribbons of smoke unravelling into the air. What's happening? asked Kip, as a stampede of sofalos rushed past in a blur. Look! cried Jamie, pointing towards the sky, where huge flocks of vanity sparrows whirled in confusion. Uh, I can't see anything! complained Bertram, butting Kip's ankles. I can't see! Sir Regulus pushed his way out onto the street, stopping a passing sock snake, its polka dots muted with dust. What's going on? he demanded. They're here! It said, ah! wriggling free of Sir Regulus's grip. More creatures packed the street, Sir Regulus buffeted by their pushing and shoving. The air filled suddenly with thousands of bowtie butterflies racing forwards like confetti and speaking as one. What is it? Sir Regulus shouted after them. What's the matter with everyone? What's happening? He fought his way back towards the door of the auxiliary. What's going on? asked Kip. Sir Regulus shook his head. I don't know, he said as panicked metamorphs began to trample each other underfoot. But we can't stay here. They ducked into a narrow passageway between a varnishing salon and an enamelling boutique and began a fraught and disturbing journey through the city. Entire sections of Thingopolis had been flattened. Many of its great towers, nothing more than twisted heaps of metal, the city streets were clogged with motionless detritums, their bodies smashed and broken, but nothing could prepare them for the terrible scenes awaiting them at the Temple of Miscellany. The temple was gone, its gleaming structure of glass reduced to jagged shards. The cavalcade was under attack, the berserker lumbered amongst them, lashing out with its rattle, extinguishing elsewhere lights in a single blow. The tea leaf rose into the air out of the frantic crowd, a pair of translucent wings unfolding from either side of its knobbly spine. It hovered, glancing about, its long skinny limbs twitching in anticipation. It dropped suddenly from the sky and wrapped itself around a small pink tricycle separated from the rest of the throng. Worm-like and quivering, the tea leaf's proboscis attached itself to the tricycle. The proboscis began to pulse and the tea leaf's cheeks bulge. As the tricycle's elsewhere light dwindled, the tea leaf's body began to glow. In a matter of moments, the tricycle was dark. Its victim discarded, the tea leaf took to the air again, its pallid skin golden with swallowed light. It landed on top of one of three wagons positioned at the entrance to the temple square. The wagons were high-sided and constructed of metal bars, Herds of sorry-looking sofalos were harnessed to the wagons with lengths of chain. Imprisoned inside the wagons, lost properties pleaded for their freedom. Sickened, Kip turned away. 
they hid in the remains of a nearby varnishing salon. The Oblivion Three! In the Opolis! said Bertram. That's impossible! There was an uncomfortable silence. What? said Bertram. Zar Samovar and Polly Honeydew are dead, said Kip. They were committed to odds and bods, said Sir Regulus. Oh, bye! We don't know. They'd been attacked. Whoever it was, Madame Chartreuse has the clavis now. She's here. Jamie moved towards the door of the salon. Kip joined him. Together they looked up at the sky, which was burning, orange and black. Distant screams echoed in the streets. This terrible place, said Jamie. I wish I'd never listened to him. I wish I'd never got on that bus. You can't stay here, Jamie, said Kip. It isn't safe. You need to go home. Not without my brother, I told you. Your mum and dad are worried sick. I'm staying. Jamie, everyone is out looking for you. Your neighbours, the police. They're worried you might be... I don't care. Jamie, I'll find your brother. I will. But if something happens to you... I can't, Kip. You don't understand. I have to stay. They've put posters on lampposts, Jamie. Your mum, she was on the television. Your dad, he showed the whole world your photo. The one of you and your brother in the canoe. Your mum and dad, Jamie. Kip hesitated. They're lost without you. Jamie closed his eyes. His bottom lip trembled. Sir Regulus, will you take Jamie to the sanctuary of St Anthony? Of course, Kip. But what about you? I'm going to find the Sin King. On your own? No, it's too dangerous. Only the Sin King knows the whereabouts of Madame Chartreuse's collection. Might know. Sir Regulus reminded Kip. Let me go. Jamie needs you, Sir Regulus. Kip, you can't go on alone. Protested Jamie. He won't be, said Bertram. I'll go with Kip to want out singing. You won't do any such thing, said Sir Regulus. Oh, I knew it, fumed Bertram. I knew you'd stop me. <gasps> if I'm to escort Jamie to the sanctuary of St. Anthony, I need you to get word to Wurlitzer of Sarsanus's survival and everything that's happened here. Bertram blinked. <sighs> you'd trust me to do that? Of course. You don't even like me. Don't like you? You don't let me do anything. Oh. You're always angry with me or disappointed or both. No. I can't do anything right. When Wurlitzer thought he'd lost Cersonus to the Dismantlers, his heart was broken. What remained of it, loved so strongly, he couldn't bear to lose anything else. Sometimes, when you care for something very much... You hold it too tightly. You pointed your sword at me. I did, and I'm sorry. Please understand, I just wanted you to be safe. But I don't want to be safe, Sir Regulus. I want to be useful. <sniffs> I was supposed to be useful. I was supposed to make something happen for someone. Something good. I were meant for bigger things. And this is it, Bertram. 
Wurlitzer must know Sassanus lives. Bertram nodded. Then I should go right now. <laughs> Sir Regulus sighed and shook his head. Always so impatient. <laughs> Bertram smiled. Gregory Gimble was the same. Please be careful, Bertram. Bertram winked. I'm always careful. <laughs> After sneaking through streets piled high with detritums, Sir Regulus led Kip and Jamie to a large crossroads. This is where we must part company too, he said. Beyond the city's borders lie the swamps of rising damp. After the swamps lie the badlands. Jamie and I will follow the route of the cavalcade. Be careful, said Kip, glancing around nervously. You too. Don't do it, Kip, said Jamie. He sounded helpless, even angry. Please, Kip. I don't want you putting yourself in danger because of me. It's not right. Are you quite sure about this, Kip? Asked Sir Regulus. Going on alone. Kip looked at them both. He didn't feel afraid. He didn't feel anything much. He thought about his mum and dad. He reminded himself they were gone. He thought about Spratt. She was gone too. He thought about Atticus, who was dead. I'm fine, he said. And then it was time to say goodbye. Goodbye.